millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Penham here. As always, and of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa, even though we probably don't want to um, on this fine Sunday morning for me and Mr. Tom Nightingale. A 4-0 loss on Saturday for the Villa away at St. James's Park against Eddie Howe's Newcastle United, who are in fourth spot, absolutely flying, fair play to them. Um, If anything, we're very consistent at uh, 4-0 results, as I just put that pun out there a few minutes prior to recording. So I'll use it in recording to have a little bit of humor. But anyways, Tom, how's it going for you? Yeah, all right. You know, like we were saying before we jumped on that um, Villa don't really make me angry anymore. They just sort of disappoint me. And uh, (laughs) we we feel like we've seen it all before, don't you, really? And I mean, can't lose what you never had. And what we never had was three points at Newcastle. Like we've won at Newcastle, I think, like three or four times in my in my lifetime. Um, always a like a cliche tough place to go, but like let's face it, St James's Park's a horrendous place to go for us at the best of times. Newcastle flying high. I didn't expect much, if anything, from the game, but I have to say, I mean, to go there and to get beaten four 0 is worse than I was uh, worse than I was fearing, to be honest. True. And I, I was just thinking, too, this was an actual championship fixture not that long ago, which is mental to think. So I guess it has to put some context if you want to feel a little bit better about um, both sides, I, I guess, and Villa in particular. But nonetheless, to kind of break down how the game went here quickly, because we're going to talk about the wider context. I mean, let's be honest, it's a, a 4-0 loss. Um, it wasn't pretty. And um, I, I really can't see a lot of people wanting to hear a play-by-play of a 4-0 loss because I think they'd probably tune out. But regardless of that, of course, uh, Callum Wilson scored a penalty in added time of the first half, scored again in the 56th minute. Joel Linton scored in the 59, and uh, Miguel Amaron also scored in the 67th. Kind of break down the stats as well, just to scroll down here. Newcastle had 60% possession to Villa's 40. They also had 20 shots to our three. They had seven on target. We had none. I think that's probably the, the biggest overwhelming thing. They had three corners to our goose egg. And of course, they had 11 fouls apiece. So if, if you want to have a little bit of uh, equilibrium, I, I guess in the foul department's the one little spot where, where we actually were competitive throughout the entirety of the match. But you know what, um, Tom? Let's let's talk about an injury first. Of course, that's Emmy Martinez's concussion. I I don't know the severity of. It. I don't think anything's really come out aside from what we saw yesterday. Of course, it looked like he collided with the knee of Mings. I believe it was um, from a rebound from his initial save. Um, I guess some people would be a little bit daft and argue and say, well, that wouldn't have happened if you would have just caught it the first time, which, I mean, you, you try to save a, a Premier League shot, it would probably go past most of us. So fair enough to that. But 
the fact that he stayed on is going to be a massive talking point. And for the length that he did, it cl- he clearly wasn't okay. What did you kind of make of that? Because, uh, of course, it kind of goes wider than just Villa, but it's another really example of probably poor decision-making, not only on the club's part, but kind of the officiating standpoint as well. Like, these things have to be called out. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly no expert in concussion protocol. I'm not entirely sure how they determine the severity of a concussion concussion on the field when it's just happened but so you know we see quite a lot of this stuff don't we it's another sign i think that the like the the, the concussion protocols in certainly in premier league football have got to get better he's clear because he like he clearly wasn't right um and i know that like you losing your starting like losing your starting goalkeeper quite early in the game is obviously a blow nobody wants that but like there's there's small picture and there's big picture isn't there like he should have gone off straight away for me um yeah, so I mean, that's it's something. It's something that, like you said, it's a wider issue that I think needs to really needs addressing because there's no way that a player should be allowed to carry on when they're clearly not right in the head after a blow like that. Um, in terms of Villa, like I don't, I was saying this uh, during the game yesterday. Like I would argue that we've got probably one of the best backup goalkeepers outside of a European Super League club, as we'll call them. Um, you know, to have. Sweden's number one or whatever experienced international goalkeeper come off the bench. Bit of a luxury for a team like us. Um, I thought Olsen did all right when he came on. I got, I got no complaints with Robin Olsen at all. Like, I, I think um saw a couple of, you know, there are always a few, aren't there? I saw a couple of tweets after the game or whatever being like, Olsen should have done better for this. Um, you wouldn't really be scrutinizing. Those people probably wouldn't be scrutinizing Martinez had he conceded those goals or done the same thing, you know? Um and I think to to sort of to sort of hone in on Olsen as a problem is a bit rich, considering that our our laundry list of problems um, is several pages long, isn't it? And backup goalkeeper is not one of them. Um, but I mean, like the serious point, I think, is that it's it's just dangerous to not take. I, I especially now that there's a concussion substitution, so it doesn't take one out of your allowance of substitute like substitutions. Um, if there's any doubt ever, the player's got to go off. Like it's just, it should be common sense. But I think it showed we've still got a little bit of a way to go, really. Unfortunately, with yeah, it is unfortunate. I, I mean, based on what I saw, it just seemed like one of those instances where they asked Emmy if he's okay, and Emmy is the kind of guy that clearly will say he's fine and battle. That's the problem, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's like that in any sport. Like you have to take that judgment away from them um whatever way they kind of deem that best i guess is up to them but yeah you are scraping the barrel massively and like you're basically breaking through the barrel if you're blaming our backup goalkeeper and robin olsen for that um i think it was what the third goal where he made a save and then the rebound wasn't cleared basically um yeah or was it the fourth i can't remember no it wasn't the fourth because that was almirons um regardless the third but like game even if you're arguing that if martinez had been in goal he'd have held it like game was lost already yeah. Let's be frank. Yesterday, the game was last when we went one 0 down, which yeah. I thought was unfortunate as well. Like, no, I can't. I find it hard to apportion any blame to Young for that handball, really, because I know the arms up, but it's one of those, isn't it? Try like, sliding like, with your arm down. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, and you know, so I don't like. I don't know. I, I find it difficult to 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 dole out blame about Villa this weekend in that four 0 because. I can understand, for example, like I can understand why Danks picked the same team, just yeah. won 4-0 against Brentford. Like, okay, Newcastle away is a very different game to Brentford at home, but 
you know, if you've got a winning team and to be quite frank, after the Brentford game should have been confidence coursing through Villa players, but like, I'll use Ollie Watkins as an example. Like I, I like Ollie Watkins a lot. I do think he brings a lot, but he's undoubtedly frustrating, isn't he? As a player quite often. And, you know, I know it took him three bites, the three bites, of the cherry to score against Brentford with the, you know, there's, there's hit the post or, or goalkeeper save and then hit the post or whatever. And then the second rebound went in. A scrappy way to score, but you know he got his goal, and like the, the whole team celebrated with him, and it was a really nice moment. Monkey off his back for you know get, getting ending the goal drought. He should have been a confident guy yesterday, but I just don't. I get the feeling really that the wider issue I think is that the you know the, the behind closed doors season when we finished eleventh. We've said that I think I've said this on a previous pod. So I'm sorry for repeating myself, but like that season when we finished eleventh behind closed doors, that was the outlier. If you're being real, Villa's last decade, that's the season that stands out. Not only because we were exciting at times and stuff like that, but it stands out because we weren't crap. Let's be real. <laughs> like it's the it's pretty much the only season in the last 10 years, apart from I guess, you know, the promotion winning season. But even then, that happened very late and we were a championship club, so you can't really equate it. Um We've been poor for 10 years and that behind closed doors season was the the outlier. And in the same way, like the 4-0 win against Brentford last week, that was the outlier. That was, you know, I think you can put that down to a few things, a couple of tactical tweaks from Danks, but honestly, mainly, I think just Gerard being out the door. We said it at the time, I think lifted the spirits of a lot of players, to be honest. And I think a lot of people felt, um, my impression of it from afar is that a lot of people felt kind of freer to like freer to express themselves and less, you know, it it was dragging everyone down, wasn't it really? I don't necessarily mean Gerard himself. I just mean the way things have been going under Gerard and, you know, so so the the Brentford game, I think unfortunately was the outlier. And yesterday, yesterday, this weekend against Newcastle, I think just kind of showed honestly how far off it we are. Like Newcastle, very well coached team. Sure. They've spent a lot of money. But we've got very rich owners as well. I know it's not the same as having the whole wealth of Saudi Arabia behind you. But um, we've got very rich owners as well. We've signed a fair few players as well. The thing about Newcastle is not only have they spent money and signed players, but there are players that a year ago, Newcastle fans would have been saying what Villa fans are saying now about our players. There's a lot of people here not good enough. Players need to step up. Like It's time to clear out some Deadwood and upgrade. Like We've got the same team that we... I've had for years that's been underperforming. Like I've seen a lot of this from Villa fans. Fair points in a lot of in a lot of ways, but that's what Newcastle fans will have been saying a year ago or not long ago about Joe Linton, about Almiron. Do you remember when Almiron like was on real barren spell and just seemed like he wasn't adapting to English football, and now he's like one of the form players. Um, and you know what that is? That's that's good coaching. Good coaches get the best out of what's in front of them. And well, I think that's something that Villa just haven't had. And, you know, hopefully, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but hopefully we'll start to see some change in that regard. Absolutely. Well, the, the thing I was going to bring up there when you mentioned Miguel Amaron is that he was literally the butt of a, a Mr. Jack Grealish's joke last at the end of last Been on season. on fire ever since, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so um, if anything, if he wants to make fun of a Villa player, Ollie Watkins might be the, the one that he'd want to make fun of to maybe prove some things wrong and get him into form. But you are right when you talk about the behind closed doors season. And I know we've discussed this in the past, so I don't want to go on about it too much, but I think I was talking to Seb about it. Um, I don't know if it was after the Fulham result or even before that, but regardless, it, it, it does really show who can succeed with the pressure off 
and who can't. And for people that don't believe in that, then I don't know if I have much time for you because it, it, it's clear. Um, you could see it with Maddie Target as much as I loved him at times. I'm starting to get the same sense with Ollie Watkins at times a little bit too, albeit the support really hasn't been there as well. I, I think there's a, a massive, I don't know, fragility in this team. And there always has been for as long as I can remember at least. And one four nil win really doesn't mean much in the context because yeah, it should technically put the players on an extreme high, but for example, this shows how quickly we can fall back down to earth and it only took a matter of what a week. So with that in mind, it is pretty depressing to think about it that way, but it's been that issue for as long as I can remember. And whether it's uh, the head coach being an issue and fans not getting kind of along with that mindset of what that coach or management or ownership at the time wants, uh, whether it's personnel on the pitch or things going on off the pitch for players, There's always something with this football club. It's never perfect. And I feel like it's never going to be perfect, which is fine. I think most football fans in general accept that with their club. If you're a Villa fan, you definitely accept that with your football club. But regardless of that, I I think in the wider context of things, you have to sit back and think, okay, you do have Unai Emery coming in now. Things are going to start hopefully kicking into gear. Now we all can't expect instant success and we're going to go on this magical run and win all these cups now and we're going to go undefeated for an extended period of time we all have to remember this is the same group of players we are locked in until january so it's going to be an evaluation period it's also going to be a period of probably a lot more questions and answers and some of those questions that people haven't even thought of you look at the likes of coutinho um, and others on the bench where you think okay they should be starters in any other kind of normal i guess universe but in this one they haven't been are they up to it are certain players going to be up to it under an Unai Emery side that requires a lot of physicality and running and um I guess just general kind of put your body on the line play that's going to be the biggest thing for me Tom yeah I mean I think part I think part of the issue like I don't nobody likes to have to talk about their own football club like this but Villa are kind of mentality wise I fear that Villa are kind of perennial losers. And I, I, you know, I'm not, we had, and I don't mean that like, obviously we lose every game or like anything like that, but just like mentality wise, how, how many, for how many years have we been saying, oh, we've got, we've got a brittle mentality. We're fragile. Um, You said that, been saying that for years and years and years. And part of my issue is that that's why I think, you know, there's been a lot of right, rightfully, I think there's been a lot of um, praise for Ashley Young in recent weeks and not only his performances, but one of the big things that's been said about Young by myself and many other fans is that he's got a winning mentality and it stands out. Um, that's true of Ashley Young, but honestly, I think the hard truth is that players like Ashley Young for Villa don't and like have not and don't come around very often. And so when you get a player like Young, who genuinely does have a winning mentality and is a serial winner, you know, won league titles in multiple countries and just has that self-discipline and belief. And I mean, I can't think of any other way to say it. The mentality of a winner. When you get somebody like that with Young, like they stand out at Villa because he's one of the only players that we've had in recent years who you can say 
oh, that guy's a winner. Like that guy knows how, and it comes, it's everything. Like you know how to close out wins, you know how to win games, but also you know how to carry yourself like a winner because believe it or not, that does make a huge difference to the players around you. And then, you know, like Villa Villa haven't had that mentality for so long. And the problem is, is that, you know, we when we brought slightly tangential of this, but like when you brought Johan Langer in a few years ago, the remit there was to unearth players, mainly by young, mainly by slightly under the radar players and bring them in and become a sustainable club like that. To be quite frank, like when we when Grealish went at the start of summer 2021 right oh yeah. i lost track of time there <laughs> um, uh, when Grealish went and then you know we dropped the ings announcement and that sort of stuff like we abandoned that strategy altogether like in an instant that strategy was gone and then we tried to bring in these experienced play these experienced players and i think there was a thing of like well if by bringing in these experienced players like we can re- okay we can replace Grealish, we could bring in experience but also we, maybe we can fix that losing mentality since we abandoned that transfer strategy and we started bringing in these experienced players, Ings and Coutinho and those kind of guys, like nothing necessarily against them as individuals or as players, but like since we started bringing those players in, we've got worse. Like make no mistake about it, we've got worse. It's done nothing to fix the inherent problems that we have with mentality. And and so the problem now becomes, you know, looking ahead, like sure, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get better when Bubakar Kamara comes back. It's great that he's nearly back. We'll get better when Diego Carlos comes back. I'm sure we will. Um, but those are two individuals. They'll make a difference to the to the midfield and to the defense. But it's this is it's this mentality and this culture around the club that needs fixing. And so to look forward to you know Emery, like I'm very excited about what Emery can bring. But make no mistake, we have to we have to back him as coach and as manager. And when I say back him, I don't mean give him. 18 to 24 months, expect huge change, but otherwise carry on as we have been. I mean, like with Unai Emery, I want to see us give him the keys because he is a bet. He is a higher class of manager than any player we have. That I think is the God's honest truth about, about Villa at the moment. Um, we need to fully commit to Emery for me. Um, the only way that we're going to shake off the Villa that we've known for the last 10 years is by adhering to a higher class of manager like Emery adhering to his standards, his methods and going all in on that project. And if that means over the next 12, 18 months, ripping up a lot of what we know Villa to be from personnel to what we do on the training ground, to the way that we conduct ourselves, even in the public eye away from any pitch, you know, the, 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 the Villa park pitch or the trip or the body more Heath pitch. If that means doing all of that, then, I'm at the point where, to be honest, so be it. That's what needs to be done. No, 100%. Like, you're completely right with everything you said. It, it's It's been a culture of subparness and losing and just, let's be honest, utter crap for a long time. And as much as we're getting things right off the pitch for the most part with this ownership group, and we have to be very thankful for the owners we have. Like, let's be honest, that that's first and foremost. The thing is, it's it's been an abandonment of one plan to another and you see clubs i gave this example maybe a week ago or so but like brighton it doesn't matter who comes in they have a system that's how they're going to play this is how the recruitment strategy is going to be 
and they're going to keep going. We've basically went from one manager to the next. Here's a new policy. Um, oh, Grealish has left, so now we have to spend X number of uh, millions to appease people, and it has to be big names. It doesn't matter almost who it is. It just, let's be honest, a lot of those recruitment um, personnel that we brought in really didn't fit the bill, and they still evidently haven't for the most part, especially for what you forked out for them as a football club. Now you sit in with a manager like Unai Emery. And the thing, the main thing I have concern, not with him, but if you look at his time at Arsenal, you think of basically he had a rebuilding job since day one. They had new recruitment personnel in behind the scenes to bring in all these more experienced heads from Dortmund and um, what they brought in. I think Aubameyang was already there, but they brought in what, like Socrates and all these other experienced players, and they look like they should have been a really good side. But since day one for them, it became basically a, kind of a, um, um, a feeding out process, really, for Unai Emery. It was getting rid of the bad eggs. And essentially, I wouldn't say Villa are at that extent that we have a lot of bad eggs, but my main concern is, is that if he's going to have to rip it up, how quickly can that be done? You look at the likes of, for example, a Coutinho who hasn't played very well since his basically the loan spell ended and he signed permanently. If players like that aren't up to scratch or aren't in his plans, how easy are those wages and all that kind of stuff be able to shift? I I feel like we're going to be in a little bit of a situation where we're going to be either stuck with some of these players or things aren't going to really kind of shift on. And that puts things in a lull, which then causes fans to be impatient. I'm not trying to give people massive concerns, but I think the thing is here is definitely to preach patience and to see what happens. The nice thing about Unai Emery, too, is if you look at Villarreal, he worked on a a shoestring budget. He did more than just manage. Um, I read an article with the amount of work behind the scenes he really had to do in addition to it. And you're getting someone who can really kind of run many facets of a football club, which is excellent. Now he's going to have a bigger budget. So I I kind of like this expectation because – at the same time with him, you can almost go back to, I wouldn't say finding those hidden gems, but you also don't have to worry about, okay, we have to find the next Coutinho or the next Danny Ings and spend $30 million. He's gotten more out of players that have a fraction of Villa's budget than we could ever imagine um, the likes of uh, Coutinho. I'm really digging up Coutinho. I don't mean to, but it's just an example of in terms it's- of a, a caliber of a player. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's because Coutinho is like, like the same. I'm not like I'm not pinning at all that all or even many of Villa's problems are Coutinho's fault. 
but like his it's it's hard not to refer to his signing because it is the archetypal example of the wrong way to approach things i think with hindsight like we were um, i think i was one of these as well to be honest like it was hailing when we got him for 17 million it was like oh great negotiating perslo oh great fee it's brilliant fact is when when like we won't recoup any of that well we'll you know maybe some of it but like we can take a huge loss on coutinho um you just got to hope that Emery comes in and Emery and his coaching staff can can find that magic in him again. But that's what Gerard was supposed to be able to do because they were they were best buds and that went south very quickly, didn't it? So, um, I mean, the thing that I think, the yeah, my, my main wider point at the moment is you mentioned, you know, my favorite word on this podcast, I think is patience. I didn't have it. I didn't have patience with Gerard. That was because I didn't really see anything from Gerard that I liked, to be quite honest whether it's tactical preparation, in-game management, the way he talked off the pitch, his relationship with players. I think it all unraveled quite quickly for a reason. Um, that was a that was a vanity project gone wrong. Um, with Emery, like, the situation at the outset could not be more different in my eyes. He's like, absolutely proven. Everything I read about him, it's interesting you mentioned about reading one of these articles about him because I've like many fans, I'm sure, have read so many sort of deep dives into his tactical approach and his management style and that sort of stuff. And obviously there's a danger with like reading reading this stuff. But if every if everything you read points in the same direction, I think you can take it as kind of a fair barometer of what the real situation is. And everything that I read about Emery makes me more... Um, more confident in him as Villa manager. And honestly, ha- he, you know, it makes me more and more happy that we got him. I, I still sort of can't really believe that we got him. I, like I, I I said it already, I think he's a higher class of manager than than any player that we've got. If you see what I mean? Like his level of quality is above anything we have on the pitch. Um, but the patience, it's going to be key from fans, from the owners, from Perslow, from the players. I saw something earlier you know, on, on Villa Twitter, somebody um, giving the opinion that he reckons it's going to take, this person reckons it's going to take two years for any sort of um, significant and lasting positive change under Emery to come through. Sounds like a long time, but I honestly don't think it's that far off. I, I have to say, like the January window, you know, you'll if, if we're lucky, we'll maybe pick up one or two pieces. Wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to Villarreal for people like Dan Juma or Pau Torres. I know they're they're easy links, but they're they're understandable links, you know. Um, but you can't do a huge amount of good business in the January transfer window. Again, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. It's because it's true by and large. You know, there are exceptions to the rule, but the general rule is that it's a difficult market to shop in, particularly for a club. Okay, we've got money, but we're hardly an attractive proposition on the pitch are we and there's not there's no time to turn that round before January either you know we've got United in the league Brighton in the league two really tough games to start for Emery in the league plus United in the cup um, and then we come back and we've got Liverpool and Spurs and then it's January you know there's not a whole lot of time or scope for us to dr- drastically improve our league position or our standing before January um, honestly I'm tempted to say that as long as we, as long as things don't go disastrously in the first few months under Emery, which really I can't see them, I can't see it being a 
being an immediate disaster. I just can't really see that. I know it might be famous last words, but assuming that nothing goes desperately wrong, I genuinely think we should, expectations-wise, we need to write off the next 12 months, maybe longer. Because what we need is a cultural reset. It's not just a kick up the arse. You know, we're, we're theoretically Villa have had many kicks up the arse in the last few years and none of them have worked, to be quite honest. We need yeah. a cultural reset. Emery is a, for me, is a perfect manager to start to, you know, to implement that cultural reset, but it takes time and time. I'm not talking four, five, six months. I'm talking 12, 18, 24 months, you know. Does it, does Emery give you those Hulia vibes in a sense? Like, do you get that as well? Where it's this manager of a kind of upper echelons that has that promise to do it, but ultimately we all obviously know what happened with Hulia and his health and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it felt like it was going to go only one way and that felt like it was up at the time. But with Unai Emery, I kind of get that same feeling, but in regards to that, also you need a lot more patience. Like you said, like, let's be honest when January comes around, I'm not going to be shocked if we see two or three out the door, probably on loans um, at this point. If if we even get a positive result in between now and January, let's be honest, it would probably be pretty surprising with the run of fixtures we do have. Um, but all in all, I, at this point, it's a rebuilding job. And I think I do. It's funny when you look on social media, of course, because there's so many different opinions, but some people won't accept it because they want instant success no matter when the manager comes in. But if there's ever a time, it's now. I mean, if we're not going to do it now, then we might as well be back in the championship. That's how I feel about it because we're either going to be back in the Paul Lambert, let's barely survive every season days, or we can actually put kind of pen to paper and figure some of these issues out and establish a real culture and stick with it. Cause let's be honest, it's about time that Villa actually stick with something. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned Julio. Cause I was chat. I was, I, I was talking about him uh, to somebody in the pub yesterday. Um, it's a real shame how that worked out. Cause he's the only manager if, for, for my money. Um, I know that the situation was very different, obviously. Um, having just had the O'Neill years where we were hitting sixth regularly and we were actually knocking on the door of the Champions League for at least one, you know, at least one season. Um, so obviously the circumstances are very different. But Julier for me is the only manager that we've had, including Dean Smith, because like I, you know, I absolutely love Dean Smith. What he did for this club is 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 amazing. But we were in a very different spot, and I do think Smith had hit his ceiling as a manager, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, Julia is the only manager for me since O'Neill under whom we could have formed that culture and taken that big step forward and gone, um, ended up with a project that was a huge net net positive in the Premier League. Because he was that kind of manager, right? He commanded that respect. And he had the CV and all that stuff. So, But I, Emery is the first one since then. Um it's just like we said, I mean, it's just going to take, I can't get away from the fact that it's going to take a lot of time. You know, we hopefully we might get a bounce next few games under him. But even if we do, that's not, it's not really the point. You know, the point is to reset the culture and to be honest, to reset a lot of the playing staff. There are a lot of favourites. Um, well, I suppose a lot of them aren't favourites anymore, are they? But a lot <laughs> of favourites from the Dean Smith era, at least, whose time is coming to an end, I think. Honestly, and I think I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, 
and that's not to diminish what they've done for us. I am talking maybe about your McGinn's and even maybe like your like Ollie Watkins. Love him a lot. He scored 14 goals at Premier League level that one season with you know with Grealish and the team behind closed doors. Two big disclaimers there. Um, but these are the tough decisions you got to make if you really want to not only take a step forward on the pitch, but to change the culture and the mentality off the pitch. My the the, the last big point I'd say really is that where where I really feel now is it's time for Villa to put the to put the coach and to put the manager first. And by that I don't mean give him a lot of money. I don't, or I don't just mean give him a lot of money to spend, um, give him 12 months of patience before you start grumbling about him and that sort of stuff. I don't mean that. What I mean is it's time for us finally to buy in completely to a coach and a coaching staff's philosophy. I'm talking tactics. I'm talking the way they conduct themselves off the pitch, what they want to see from the players on and off the training pitch and on and off the Villa Park pitch. All of these things, it's time for us to buy in fully to that. This might be a note, you know, and the problem is this might be a note for the likes of Christian Perslow and Johan Langer. There are a lot of, I mean, I don't know if there are a lot of big personalities. There's one, you know, there's Perslow. Um, It might be time for Perslow to take more of a backseat, to be honest, and focus more on the commercial side and that sort of stuff. Like good luck telling him that that's what we want him to do. But if you're going to go all in on Unai Emery, as I think you should, um, you you have to do it. And those tough decisions are going to have to be made. And it's time for us to buy in fully on a coach and establish what we need to do. And again, what's going to take patience is we need to let Unai Emery establish a system, tactical system, a training ground system, all of that stuff, and then bring in the players that fit that system and will work in that system and will make us better under this manager's rule. What we've done for too long is we've hired a manager. We've spent money on players, like we've said already in this, in this episode, like the, 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 the approach to that has changed wildly from unearthing young talent to buying experienced players. But the common factor is that we've bought players and then we have tasked our manager with finding a system to work with those players it's time to flip that and do it the opposite opposite way around. Let's build a system, build a culture, and then bring in piece by piece the personnel who will buy into that and who will fit that system. Like that, I feel like is the long-term road to success. That I feel is, for example, what Newcastle have done. I know that Newcastle had players who were there before Eddie Howe came in, but they were underperforming. And like we've said already, Newcastle fans may be getting on their back and saying they're not good enough. But then you bring in the right coach and you buy in 100% to that. You make the people who are already there better. You change the culture. And it means that any players that you bring in are coming into a defined system with defined roles. They know what's expected of them. I feel like all of this has been missing from Villa for far too long. Um, This fresh start with Unai Emery is the perfect chance to reset that and to start to finally, I think, apart from promotion, when was the last time you can honestly say that Villa moved forward? It's time to start moving forward again. Absolutely. I do apologize if people can hear a, a squealing dog. It's my four and a half month old puppy that apparently wants attention. Um, so we'll, we'll wrap things up very soon because um, 
he is a baby and, and wants that attention. And let's be honest, it's a it's a four nil drubbing, and we haven't really talked about that. It's again a wider context kind of conversation. But you are right, and let's be honest, Tom. It's about time we have a side that has energy and expresses that. And it, it's not it's not like it has to be extremely swashbuckling and entertaining. It's when's the last time that Villa could consistently win ugly or then turn it on as well when they need to? It's about time that we give someone the tools to actually succeed. And if we do that, I think we become a better team and we become a better fan base and happier. And I think that's really what we need because let's be honest, it's been massively depressing. Yeah, no, and that's it, isn't it? It's like, and it's like you said, giving the tools to succeed, two words, two things you said then, give them, give them the tools to succeed and happiness. And they go hand in hand. We can, we have the potential to get both under Emery. Um, if you give the players the tools to succeed, players will, the players who at least buy into that and can fit into that will get better. The ones that don't, you move on, tough decisions. And if you can get players confident and happy, your whole circumstances can change. You know, The whole situation can turn. If you can get confidence, happiness, clearly defined roles, a good system, the right level of discipline, you know, all of these things are things that I think that Emery can bring. Um, bring it on, I say. Tough, tough games ahead. It's kind of annoying. World Cup break, six or seven weeks without a game after we got three tough fixtures and then like seven weeks with no game and then two tough fixtures and then a transfer window. Um, it's not an easy situation to come into. Let's say the P word, patience. Like, I don't necessarily need to see a completely different villa between now and the end of January. What I want to see is I want to see a completely different Villa really between now and the end of next season. Um, it's going to take that long. I think you've got to be patient. I know that patience is in, is in un, kind of understandably is in short supply with football fans, but impatience gets you nowhere. We've seen that, haven't we really? Um, and I know this, the, 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 what this sounds like it's at odds possibly with sacking Gerard, but I'll go back to it. I know we were a bit impatient with Gerard, but, thing with Gerard is, is I didn't really see any signs that things were going to change. And to be honest, it was a poor decision from the start. Whereas with someone like Emery, we've got a manager capable of bringing about the change that we want to see. So uh, bring it on. Let's be patient. Let's see Villa start moving forward again. And let's hope that I guess finally we've made, a, finally we've, uh, we've made the right decision that's going to benefit us for the future at, at board level and, and on the pitch as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that's probably the best way to to wrap this one up. Let's uh, let, let's keep it simple and uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. I don't think we need to really do man of the matches or anything like that. Let's be honest. I don't think there really was one to talk about. If you want to give a special mention to Emmy Martinez, I guess we could do that. <laughs> um, hopefully he recovers soon and we get him back. But Regardless of that, we'll, we'll we'll leave things there. But anyways, Tom, thank you very much for joining me. Um, of course, if anyone wants to interact with us, tweet us at 7500Holt on Twitter. Email the podcast, holtcast at gmail.com. Hopefully, we should have something up pre-United next weekend. But if not, we'll be back right after to make sense of hopefully some kind of positive result. But anyways, like I said, we'll leave it there. And don't forget about the Villa.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 